everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 316, the E-Draft. Joined as always with Sam and Eddie. Well, gentlemen, Girl Scout cookie season is upon us once again. And with the new year comes a new cookie flavor. This cookie is called the Adventureful. And it is full of indulgent brownie-inspired flavor with a combination of chocolatey and caramel flavors and a smooth and crispy texture for an incredible taste of an adventure in every bite. It's basically like a brownie cookie brownie, with caramel. Brownie inspired implies that it's not. I mean, <laughs> there's no parts we're, we're going to have a brownie. tough time discussing this topic because one of the things about Americans that annoys me the most is the very loose usage of the term cookie. <laughs> to me or is it let's something go, let's that is annoying about british people is their strict usage of no, the word cookie because a cookie is here's the thing is you go and you buy a cookie and i think everyone has an instant image of what i mean if i said you went to buy a cookie for someone you would know exactly what i was talking about you're picturing i picture absolutely. a chocolate chip cookie. exactly absolutely. that is a cookie Everything else that's not a cookie, it falls into a is a biscuit. Well, no, not necessarily, could, could you, but could you remind me what a biscuit is again in American? It's like what you get at KFC, like the the piece of bread yeah. thing. I mean, it's kind of like a like a roll. Yeah, it's like a type of it's roll. like a scone-ish kind of roll material. Not bad. Not a bad. Not a bad definition, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I would have okay. said sconish, but <laughs> so I didn't realize that Girl Scouts have a, a season. I I just thought this was like <laughs> no, 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 no. Girl Scouts don't have a season. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies have a season. season. <laughs> okay, that came mm, across the Girl Scouts are particularly <laughs> ripe this time of year. <laughs> they smell. They smell like cookie. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a seasonal thing. I just thought yeah, it was come rain like or shine, they sell cookies. Thing. I mean, they're not going to go. Do- no, because they're I not going to go. They're not going to go door to door in December trying to sell cookies. To him. <laughs> what, like Chicago December kind of thing. I think because it was originally like a once a year for fundraising events, so they would do it every year. But now, obviously, it's a lot more accessible. I think you can buy them online all year, maybe at least the major flavors. But you know, when they do the full. The full release of all the cookies. You can only get them at that one time, I think, now. How much do they cost on the door? They're pretty expensive. Are they, are it's they not good? like cheap for a box of cookies for what you get. But yeah, know. this one, yeah, I'm not a big like brownie cookie person. That's like a thing now where it's like that combo of the brownie and the cookie, otherwise known as the brookie. Is anyone calling it that? Yeah, I think everyone calls I think that's like what it's called. It's called a brookie. Eddie Eddie rolling his eyes then was exactly how I felt about that scenario. I just don't get why anyone would want to buy cookies off someone on an impulse decision at their front door. 
Like I, I, if someone came up to me with some food and said, here's some food with no background to it. Do you want it? I'd be like, absolutely not. Leave me alone. Well, there is an, there's an established, well-defined background. <laughs> well, how do you know they're Girl Scouts? Because they're wearing a uniform. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyone can wear a uniform. Well, put it this way, Sam. Terrible tr- cookie and so terrible cookies. Sam, if you turned up at market. my door in a Girl Scout uniform, asking me if I wanted to buy something, I think you would have something very different in mind. Okay, I, uh, in in this ruse, I'm looking for things a bit more subtle than <laughs> dressing up like grown men in Girl Scouts outfits. But they also don't just give you like a random bag of cookies. You have to fill out the form, and then you pay, and then they ship the cookies to you later. So I legitimately thought they had boxes of cookies that they walked around with and sold them to people. Usually they go door to door and like yeah, get it's, your it's, order it's and an order ship thing. your order. But they do like sometimes at stores, they'll have setups where you can buy right there. But it's usually buy to order. Yeah, like Eddie's saying. I, I did not know that. I mean, it's better than here. So no, it's better than here, where the Boy Scouts just sell calendars. Right. Do you mean Paris well, here? Well, Paris so, here. I mean, here in Paris, yeah, the Boy Scouts. You just see them when they are doing their fundraising. They're just selling calendars on the street. Don't the uh, Parisian firefighters also sell calendars? Yeah, of a different variety. Yeah, they do. But also, the the big fundraising for the firefighters is the firefighters' ball. That's their big fundraising. The, that's yeah, actually, very, I remember that. It's very popular, the firefighters' ball. But the they do sell a calendar at the same time, but they get most of their fundraising from the from that ball. What what is the Boy Scouts pictures of the calendar? <laughs> <laughs> we all know the avenue that's going on here. No, I just think we just that's an insight into your mind. Is that's where your mind stayed? We started talking about firefighters, and like two minutes later, you're like, so what about these Boy Scout pictures? Should move the parrot. <laughs> yeah. How expensive is this calendar? But no, um, I'm, I don't know. I've never seen inside one. I, I don't like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I was never a scout myself, so I'm not very likely to give money to organizations like that. But in particular here, the scouts are quite religious. So I have absolutely zero interest in giving them money. Several of my friends went all the way to Eagle Scouts. Of which you know. Cool story. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad is stronger than your dad. (laughs) (laughs) So the other random piece of news I have is, I don't know if you saw what popped up on eBay this week. But for 1 million euros, you can snag Messi's post-conference tissue he used to wipe his nose and eyes from his tearful goodbye from Barcelona. Who's selling this? That, that's, that was going to be my first question. Like, is this a private The person who, <laughs> who got it. So we have like when he was done, he put it on the counter and the guy, like a guy grabbed it and took it. So how do we know now has it on eBay? Apparently, how do we know it's the real one? We're going to do DNA I mean, Eddie, testing. Would you, would, would you fake a tissue? <laughs> I mean, after this podcast, I'm going to be selling Messi's tissue for 900,000 euros and we'll see if anyone snaps that up. 
The seller claimed the tissue contained Messi's genetic material and therefore could potentially be used to someday clone the soccer superstar. Uh, <laughs> that is that is the nastiest eBay description. As someone says, it's got his DNA on it. I think that I feel like that might be something Eddie would like, you know, on top of the mantelpiece being like, this is the definition of crocodile tears. And it reminds me every day of how fake some people can be. Um, I think if I was really, really rich and eccentric and I could frame that, that would be kind of a funny thing to have in your office. That's the only way I would buy it as just, oh, that's, this is a reminder of how pathetically all messy is. I just like to look at that on a daily basis, but I, I couldn't give someone a million euros for it. That would be the thing that would stop me even then. I could, I, if I had been able to grab it myself, frame it, and put it up somewhere, I would have loved it for the story. But the idea of actually having someone else get a lot of money out of it, couldn't, couldn't do it. Now, do you think someone will buy it for a so million it's, euros? So it's only a buy it now. This isn't like I, an auction I, that's starting. It's just buy it now. It's a million, take it or leave it. Yeah. It says comprar aura, so wow. buy it now. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think anyone will buy it. I think the more likely thing is that Messi's lawyers get in touch with this guy and say, you're not selling my genetic material and implying that I could be cloned with it. Now, that's the, that's the real 180 is when this guy gets sued for a million dollars. Or... Or they could play the long game and they could clone Messi, sell him to Barcelona, and then in 18 years' time, they've got the player again for the next 15 years. Yeah, if cloning worked that well, that would be great. <laughs> zero problem, Eddie, zero defects. It does. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. He will just replicate the records as well. Yeah. There'll be no change. No. I mean, all's looking right in the world then. That is a bigger story than... Afghanistan falling apart. So I'm glad we've we're, we're big chill podcast. We only hit the the hard hitting topics. I did see Uganda has offered to take twenty thousand asylum seekers from Afghanistan, which I think is the same number as the United Kingdom. It it is, <laughs> which yeah. which I mean, we just don't have the infrastructure. <laughs> no, Uganda no, we're not. one day <laughs> one day we hope to be as advanced as Uganda, and then we can also support an influx of of asylum seekers. But obviously, um, I, I guess tying it back to sport, that it, it changes some things for Afghanistan because obviously it's a massive shame that their Paralympics team don't look like they're going. The cricket team, so the women's cricket team, um, have basically said they're going to be disbanded. Like there's lots of sports that were built up over like 20 years of, you know, I guess democratization in Afghanistan. And in the blink of an eye, they're probably just going to be completely gutted, changed. Like you look at like the Afghan cricket team, which has actually had quite a, a nice rise in through the through the cricket scene. At what? Will they continue to get funding? Does it work like that? Is there any incompatibilities? So it must be a shame for all these people that, you know, are in these sports teams, sports events that are just in the blink of an eye, done, finished, not happening kind of thing. Yeah, I think so the Afghan Cricket Board has said that they will be participating in the T20 World Cup, which is coming up in October, I believe. So I don't know exactly how that will be organized. Um, I, I mean, their official statement is, yes, we will play in the T20 
World Cup. The preparations are, are on and the available players will be back in training in Kabul in the next few days. We are looking for a venue for the Tri-Series involving Australia and the West Indies, and that will be the best preparation for the showpiece event. We are speaking to some countries like Sri Lanka and also, I think, Malaysia. Let's see how that pans out. That isn't, that's, I don't think to make an official statement that includes I th- countries like Sri Lanka and I also think Malaysia. Let's see how that pans out. Yeah, is the most, that may be. <laughs> how do you not know? <laughs> Just, I don't remember what the number was. I had it on speed dial, yeah. I, no contact. It said unknown number. Yeah. So I don't know. Just throwing the idea in the hope that they can't look. It's actually probably a pretty good move because basically it puts the ball in their court. Of, are you going to turn down? Are you going to stop us from participating in the World Cup? I'm pretty now sure the we, Malaysia chick, the Malaysia cricket chairman's like, oh shit, did we say that we would do that? <laughs> did we play with them? Oh crap, I can't remember either. <laughs> but yeah, I think the likely future of the Afghan cricket team is that they just set set up shop in Dubai, and you know, in the same way that Pakistan obviously he couldn't play home matches because of security concerns for several years, you'll probably have the Afghan a little bit different in the sense that obviously the Pakistan, Pakistan was still a, a functioning country and could put funding into the cricket team. This might have to kind of be an unofficial Pakistan cricket team, I suppose, that still uh, probably sets up shop in Dubai. I think that would be the most likely outcome. But you're right, they've made such progress over the last 20 years um, and are genuine competitors on the international scene, even with the biggest of teams, that it would be a shame to see see them go away. But uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Not that that's the most interesting or important it's, aspect of it's how things only, unfold in Afghanistan. It's the only news I searched for. <laughs> yeah, I was glad that I also got the lighthearted version of the news where I got to see the Taliban riding bumper cars. Don't know if you've seen that. Did I, you see them trying to lift lift the weights? No. Did you see that one? <laughs> Wait. I, I think TMZ, TMZ posted they they like went into the weight room, I guess, that the Americans had set up and they were trying out all the different machines and trying to figure out how they work. <laughs> the The video of them riding bumper cars is surreal. But so are they are they they're clearly riding them in some sort of fairground area where they're. Or are they somehow like powered and they've now got them on the streets of Kabul? It's their new weapon, yeah. This is how they were unstoppable. Now I will send you to the video and you can see this video of them riding bumper cars. So I guess switching back to a more lighthearted topic, the only NFL news I think um, that's come out recently is the Tim Tebow experiment is over and done. And According to Urban Myers, Tebow's NFL career is now done. And I thought that happened eight years ago, but now I guess it's officially done, according to Urban Meyer. Um, but I don't know if you watched, they put together a highlight reel from his first game. He just, like, I kind of felt, you almost feel bad for him because you know he's trying really hard and he wants to just be successful and, and do what he can. But like he didn't even know the plays. There was like several times where he's just like running around the field in nowhere, just not blocking anyone, not running around, just has like no idea what's going on. You know, I, it was never going to work. I feel a little bit like he got sold down the river a bit because I think if you signed up to have Tim Tebow come in and retrain in a new position and you wanted to have him as part of the team, 
then you were basically signing up for the idea that Tim Tebow was at least going to be on the practice squad for 12 months. Given he's a, pro- he's a project. G- yeah. Given the circumstances in particular that you're coming out of the pandemic, well, the pandemic is still ongoing, but the NFL is kind of trying to get life back to something resembling normalcy. But in the process, you know, the, the off season hasn't been as involved as it could have been uh, in previous years. I feel like if I'd been Tim Tebow, I would have said to Urban Meyer when I signed that contract, I'm only doing this if you're telling me I'm in the very least a practice squad player for a season. Because otherwise, I'm not going to see if I can, in the space of eight weeks, get up to being an NFL tight end. Like That's insane, even if I think I'm really, really athletically gifted and have a good understanding of the sport. Yeah, and that's even being previously a quarterback, so you have a pretty you have a better than normal idea of how the routes are run and what the tight end's responsibility are as compared to like if you were I don't know, let's say like an O tackle or like a running back and switch to tight end, you know, you would kind of be starting from scratch. So he hadn't even with an idea, it still is going to take a substantial amount of time to get accustomed to that position. But isn't it? So yeah, I I I didn't really understand it. So what I read about it was that what is he like thirty three, thirty four, and he's coming in as a tight yeah, he's end. Like I, I, I didn't understand it at all in the first place. Like surely there wasn't going to be this incredible dream of it happening quickly, like you've said. So it just seems to me like it was never going to happen anyway. So I didn't get why it was started in the first place. Like, is it just like a it's novelty, it's attention, it's media. Like, I don't get it. I think you sign him, and I think this is probably why they did it mostly, as a locker room guy. You know, everyone has always loved Tim Tebow and the influence he's had on other players, which again, if you're signing him for, if that's a big reason as to why you're signing him, then you need to think, okay, this is a project and he can continue to influence other players whilst we work on his game. I mean... The most natural position for him to have taken up is probably just as a fullback who you could have occasionally done sort of direct snaps to in goal line situations. I mean, that's where he was super dangerous in college football and in the NFL, and you would have had the threat of him maybe throwing the ball. But I think to be on a 53-man roster, the, the times you would have used him are so niche that you probably don't have the luxury to carry him. But to have him... I just would have thought if you've gone through this, then I feel I would feel let down if I were him. Unless it's him who said, oh, "Never mind, I thought I could do this and I can't." But it doesn't. Given the fact that he played minor league baseball for a few years, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would give up on something. I think if he thought he could do it, then through hard work and God's good grace, he would have been able to figure out how to be a NFL tight end. It's not up to him. It's not up to Maya. It's it's up to the Almighty. But he hasn't played in the NFL for like eight years, has, has he? Like it's been yeah. a, it's been a long. I mean, he's just gap. delayed his. If anything, we spoke about the other day, right? Uh, uh, Hall of Fame eligibility. He's just uh, <laughs> he's just delayed his Hall of Fame eligibility by uh, by the new new five I mean, years. Maybe this is just a move to get his name somehow back into football, so now he can be on television. But wasn't he already an easy jump? I mean, I think he can write his own check, right? If he wants to do college football stuff like Tim Tebow on college football, it's 
he can be on any show he wants to be. I think the issue is NFL. Now, in which the only way he's going to get onto an NFL show is he goes onto college. He does college football for a few years, and he's just electric covering college football. And then you feel like, well, we got to get Tim Tebow on the NFL show because he's amazing at it. But it, he would have a lot of people. I think you'd have a lot of the kind of ring tapping. Uh, look at my CV versus your CV. If Tim Tebow strolled into a studio to cover NFL, like an NFL game. Yeah, I would much rather listen to the Mannings than Tebow. Or or Booger. Oh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, that's probably his argument. He probably looks at Booger doing it, and he's like, "If this guy has a job in the NFL, not only could I, not only could I be a commentator, but I could play." Oh God. Good old booger. Completely forgot about that name. I guess it's going to come back up now with the NFL, but Christ yeah. almighty. He's not announcing anymore. I don't think. No, but he's in the studio. I think he's, yeah. He's in the, yeah, he's just like an analyst. Which he's okay at, but. But he doesn't have to think on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, should we, for people who've joined the podcast over the last few weeks, you will be unfamiliar with this concept, but. Back in the, the slow time over the end of spring, beginning of summer, we started drafting sports teams, beginning with letters. Now, we established a set of rules that have at times gone out the window. The fundamental concept is the sports team, either in the U.S., their team, their nickname has to start with a letter, or in the rest of the world, or at least in Europe, then their team name. In sports where you would go by the nickname, you have to start with a nickname. So as in the Buffalo, well, that's terrible. They're both bees. The, <laughs> the New England Patriots are a P. Whereas Manchester United are... Of shit. <laughs> Manchester United are an M. Well, uh, we messed this up though because Atletico Madrid were drafted in the A's, I believe. Yeah. Um, Very early yeah. on. <laughs> uh, so re- week one, this went out the window. But we're going to... And universities traditionally go by the like university of yes. versus their mascot because you rarely call yeah. Alabama. Well, well, actually, that's a pretty bad one because people do call them the Crimson Tide, but usually you're going to say Alabama, so yes. not Crimson Tide. Or a, a good example would be, say, Ohio State is an O, even though a lot of people would call them the Buckeyes constantly, still just an O. <laughs> the Buckeyes. I remember that episode. <laughs> Sam, imagine you combine Booger and Buckeyes. (laughs) Booger and Buckeyes. (laughs) Sounds like the shittest pub in the world. Sounds like the shittest pub in the world. So so we've made this. Booger and the Buckeyes is a pretty good pub name. (laughs) It's not. The Buckeyes. (laughs) We've made. I know we've just made this draft sound as appealing as possible. We are on to the letter E. If you enjoy this version, go back and listen to the previous ones. Maybe skip D. D was a little bit weak, it has to be said. But A, B, and C were very strong drafts. Uh, yeah. I think the interest... I, it's, it's, a lot depends on the letter, right? It does. I mean, and, the letters, and, how, and how creative you can get. The letters that are weak are sometimes surprising. You sometimes go into the draft thinking, oh, this is going to be a good letter. And then we start doing our research and realize very quickly, not a lot out there. So we're each going to draft three teams in a traditional snake draft 
I have the number one pick. Frank has the second pick. And then Sam has the third pick. So with the number one pick, I'm going to pick the team that I think is the standout candidate. I think it almost wins me the draft straight off the bat. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, it says yeah. so much about the letter E that that is the winning <laughs> pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it's not much workings to show, right? We know about the Eagles and we know who they are. Yeah. Everyone's familiar with the Eagles. I think big major downside, the fan base, just people of Philadelphia are awful and aggressive and violent and not very welcoming. So that's the, the reason why I might not want to take them number one overall. The reason to take them number one overall obviously uh one of the oldest teams in the nfl they were part of the you know existed before the nfl merged so been in the nfl as it exists now from the very beginning they've won super bowls most recently obviously a couple of years ago and i think my strongest argument is the philly special which was obviously one of the plays from that particular super bowl has become one of the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history. But it's not the Eagles special. It's the Philly special. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Invalid. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> not all of my arguments have to begin with E. But yeah, so I think I'll keep it fairly short when it comes to the Eagles because as I said, I think we're all pretty familiar with why they're a reasonably strong pick. But Not, I'm not shocking, but I'm very curious about Franks now. Now, I will say, I did not think, because we know beforehand who has the order, I did not think you were going to take the Eagles, and I thought I was going to take them. So I had a few other facts. I, I dug up, I went deep and tried to find interesting facts to swing it my way. So I'm going to help Eddie out here and give him a few. The name, they got the Eagles from Roosevelt's New Deal. One of the, um, I forget what it was, one of like the pictures that they would put up for things about the new deal was an eagle grabbing a bunch of lightning bolts and that was how they got the idea to call them the eagles because it came out at the same time as the new deal the so nfl draft so you're basically saying the philadelphia eagles socialists. no well a yes left-leaning <laughs> i'm all on board with that but you're basically saying the philadelphia eagles are the toronto raptors of their day so whereas the Raptors were like, the Jurassic Park seems like a big hit. We better name ourselves after a dinosaur. The Eagles were like, hey, this new deal seems pretty popular. We better name ourselves, what, what should we call it? The Philadelphia Ditch Diggers? Yep. No, that's not catchy. Let's go Eagles. Yeah, the National Recovery Administration's emblem was a blue eagle. Uh, the NFL draft was the co-founder's idea. So that's pretty cool. And I love the NFL draft. That's like one of my favorite things about the NFL is the actual draft. So, so you could even say one. the Eagles are co-founders of this. Yeah, maybe. Another reason why. Was the NFL the first ever draft of any sport? I'll say yes, and you'll have to <laughs> prove me wrong. But yes. <laughs> and the, the two NFL championship ones that are good was they're the only team to beat Vince Lombardi in a championship game. It's his only championship loss against the Eagles. Just Vince Lombardi. And in <laughs> Yes. He didn't even put a team out. Yeah. And in 1948, the championship game was being played in Philly and there was a huge blizzard right before kickoff 
and fans were told if they just brought a shovel, they could go watch the game for free if they helped shovel the field before the game. So that would be pretty amazing nowadays to think about going to a Super Bowl for free with just having to show up with a shovel and shovel the field. Very new dealish, though. Just really working off the concept behind their name. <laughs> I like it. All right. So I have the number two pick. I am going to stay in football. Wow. But I'm going to go up north to the Canadian Football League with, I get double points because it's the Edmonton Elks, previously known as the Edmonton Eskimos. So I've got three E's right in there. You are so on brand for your draft. Every every draft, you manage to pick something mildly racist you took alabama you've you gone you've worked your way through alabama. and this time from the ease you would have thought no way he can manage it off but you had to pick a team a canadian team that had to change its name because the name itself was racist but they were one of the first of the teams to change their name oh good for Washington. them <laughs> oh, <wow. Before> <laughs> So the Elks, now known as the Elks, have won the Grey Cup 14 times. So they're 14-time champions. And they had a three-peat and a five-peat between 1978 and 1982, which is the most, I think, of any sports in all of North America to win five championships in a row. So that's really impressive. Um, So they're second all-time in Grey Cups. They've gone to more championship games than any other team. They've had 10 MVPs. And another important thing is obviously fans. They have basically led the league in attendance about 27 times in the last 40 years. And they still average over 30,000 fans, which for Canadian Football League in Edmonton is pretty impressive. So I don't know what this says about the letter E, but with the number two pick, I'm taking the Edmonton Elks. I I have absolutely nothing to add. <laughs> Just they weren't on my list. I don't know about the scenario. I don't know about our history. But that's given me a slight bit of breathing space, I guess, with mine. Because they weren't on my list. So, Eddie, you got anything to add about... Well, I would just... just quadruple just, E. <laughs> I mean, just... We just have to throw it out the window because one of his facts is just completely wrong. Boston Celtics won eight titles in a row. So. <laughs> uh, Can't trust yeah. him at all. Right, go on. NFL. Yeah, okay. And CFL. Okay. Football. American football. Fo- or, or American football or its my slight variations. But Frank, uh, Sam, then use your your breathing space, your Laban's realm. Make your uh, <laughs> oh no! Speaking of race, <laughs> make your make your make your third pick. Um, I'm gonna go because it's the third pick. I'm gonna go safe. I'm gonna say Everton. Should have been the second pick. Should have been the second it, pick. It, I just I, I just have to bring it up now, right? Um, so obviously their trade in the um, Premier League. They're one of the founding members of the Football League as well. They're also in the inception of the Premier League as well, being in the top tier. Um, pretty much a mainstay of Premier League. Um, a lot of famous players as well. Um, 
some of my favorite as well, like Neville Southall, Tim Howard, Tim Cahill, Lukaku started there, Thomas Graveson, it's where Rain Rooney started as well. So lots of good players coming through, lots of good players they signed. Um, they also share one of the most known rivalries with Liverpool. Um, interestingly, it was born off like a, a rent dispute, which meant that Everton had to leave. So Liverpool was born and Everton kind of moved out. Um, I... I didn't know this, by the way. So, Eddie, let me know if you knew this. But the Everton-Liverpool derby, obviously Merseyside derby, is actually also known as the friendly derby as well. Because Never apparently either. apparently, after like the Hillsborough disaster, there was very much like a, all the scarves are blue and red. Like everything's like the idea of like merging in solidarity with them. Um, but... Then I looked at the stats where it said, like, it's the most red cards in a derby. <laughs> so I was like, it's, you can call it the name if you want, but it's a pretty ferocious derby from what I see. But yeah, I, I'm I'm going with Everton. You want some, I'll, I'll play the role of Frank here. You want some supporting facts that I, I dug up relating yeah. to Everton? Yeah. So, I mean, you touched on Goodison, moving to Goodison. I don't know if you said this specifically, but it was the first purpose-built stadium in England. I didn't know that. It's still one of the oldest, and it's one of the the more one of the oldest, but looking. the original, the what, the only. What defines purpose built? Like literally just for one sport. It yeah, it was football. built to be the home of Everton and to be a football stadium. Obviously, Dixie Dean played played for Everton. Uh, holds still holds the record in English football as the most goals scored in a season with sixty goals. I mean, a little bit difficult sometimes when you go that far back in time as to uh, how. Uh, how much um how much you can really read into that they've also scored the fastest uh, FA Cup final goal Luisa in 2000 2009 they're a very famous club like famous managers as well like even if you excuse like Ancelotti and Benitez now even in like the 90s and early noughties oh sorry early 2000s when they had like the Howard Kendalls the Howard Kendalls <laughs> I've just done it <laughs> But yeah, they uh, kind of famous club, if not massively successful. But yeah, uh, E is a tough letter. So I think Everton were like a clear standout for me in terms of like who I was going to pick first. And one final fact for you, Sam. Everton were the fastest club to amass 100 seasons in the English top flight. Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning about my own pick when I pick them, so... Frank definitely lost round one. I'd, I'd go with that. To be fair, I didn't. I just didn't really have that much research done on Everton because I thought you were taking them one. I, I I predicted wrong. See, this is how that's this is a good draft picker here because I've I've messed you with my strategy, and so I'm, I've this was a three man competition coming into the draft, and now it's a two man competition, and that's. But Everton's only won nine times. Yeah. The Elks have won 14 times. In a, in a sport and league, most people have no idea even exists. I could tell you that I'm I've I'm undefeated in my house at, you know, flicking a ball through a hole. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, it's always impressive I, in my mind. I expected this. My, I expected this moment. 
to be a little different from Eddie. But <laughs> if that's how you want to tell the world, Eddie, that's how you want to tell the world. My mind sometimes works you do you. so, so quickly. But anyway, Sam, over to you. <laughs> Good to play. Pick number right. four. This one, I'm torn between two clubs, but I'm staying in Europe. So just to give some insight there. I am going to switch to Rugby Union. And I'm going to go for the Exeter Chiefs. So um, they have been... Well, I'm the only one not going for racist teams. So this is this is <laughs> going well for me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, they're actually... It's an interesting history because they've been very dominant over the past decade. But they were only promoted about 11 years ago from the lower leagues. And very, very few clubs within the Rugby Union kind of um, divisional tiering system are successful usually it's classic you get promoted you immediately get relegated so much so that they actually consider kind of stopping relegation altogether because of that disparity but the Chiefs came up in 2010 and since then um, they've won the championship twice they've been in the final four times so over 50% of all finals have had Exeter involved Um, they won the European Championship Cup, so the Champions League equivalent of rugby for the first time last year too. Uh, constantly producing multiple players for multiple countries. Like they have a lot of, I can't remember how many people specifically play for England, but Sam Skinner at Scotland as well. So there's a good amount of people that play at that club. Very successful club. A little bit racist in terms Frank, of the Chiefs. Sam's Sam's trying to like official Afghan statement cr- cricket board statement us there. I don't know how many. I don't know how many players they produce to play think, cricket um, right now. Definitely I think one. Mal- and, I think Malaysia know the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my fourth pick, I guess, is the Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, this is where it gets tough for me, and this is where I'm going to just go off of things I thought were funny. And with oh. my next pick, I'm taking the Estudiantes or Club Estudiantes de la Plata from the Argentina, uh, Argentine Professional Sports Club. Now, they were the inaugural team, the first team outside of the traditional Big Five to ever win the league title. And they've won four league titles since, so they have five total, and they've won six international titles. What I like most about this team is they have some good nicknames. So in 1931, when uh, there was professionalism was adopted, they had this great lineup that had a bunch of World Cup and and really famous players, and they were known as Los Profesores was their, their little nickname for the team. And the actual team name is called the Pincheratas, which are the rat stabbers. And that goes back to one of their first ever fans was like the original supporter would go to every match. And in the day before the matches, him and his brother worked at a market in the city, killing rats to keep them away from infesting all of like the food and things at the market. That was literally their job. So he was known as the rat stabber and he was so popular with the club that they eventually, the whole club, adopted this name after the original supporter. So they're the Pincheratas, or the Rat Stabbers. So I think that's a pretty awesome nickname. But other than that, it's tough pickings here at uh, pick five of E. It's an interesting... It's an interesting one. I, I, 
I only looked at that kind of South American for Boca Juniors in over in B. So <laughs> interesting to go to that part of the world. I mean, it's interesting. Clearly, we've we've found out Frank's logic, which is if you want, if you're a sports team out there and you want him to draft draft you, you just need some weird story or gimmick relating to support, like yeah, imagine supporters attending games. Imagine it wasn't the New York Giants and it was the New York Rat Stabbers. Oh, imagine the hats; they'd sell out like crazy. Imagine the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I now have the honor of two picks in a row. I think one of them is a very strong pick for podcasting reasons. I think the, but I have one which is a little bit weaker, and I don't know if I front load or back load my, my draft here. But I think I'm going to back load it, and I am going to make a controversial pick, I suppose, in that. With the sixth pick of the draft, I am going to take the now defunct Montreal Expos. They were on my list. If I'm allowed. I don't know if it's legal. No longer exist, but you two can weigh it up. If I, I have a, I have backup picks if I need to, but you two can decide whether or not I'm allowed to take a team that has not existed since 2004. I don't know because now, like, it's not like the team just stopped. They became a new team. So I would say hit me with the logic of how good or dominant they were beforehand. And maybe not maybe dominant. it's 2004, not- maybe recent enough because your legitimacy would come from the fact that I just picked a team that was promoted in 2010 and is quite recent. So I guess you could kind of backload the history as much as you can front load history. So let's hear it. I mean, you know what? I'll give it to you anyway because they're not even a really good team. <laughs> no, no, they They suck. never won the World Series. I think they made it to the World no. Series once, right? Maybe I think they made it once. Yes. Okay, so you yeah, want to give, give it because it's a poor pick then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're taking you, you a team weak, that was so bad that they went bankrupt and had to move out of Montreal because no one would go watch them. That's the team you're picking. Yes. Great pick. Yes, however... However, you know, I think um, just cool to have a baseball team in Canada, obviously. So, you know, that and obviously there's there's another one, okay. but still it, <laughs> it's still a nice little gimmick, right? To have that going for them. I think one of the coolest logos, I think the M for the Expos, pretty awesome. Overall, like they're from a design standpoint, they got a lot of things right, which is, you know, can't be underrated. You're right. We're never good. Uh, over the course of the 46 seasons, I think it was, that they were in the league for, 45 seasons, they had a losing record. So 2,753 wins, 2,943 losses um, in the 36 years in which they're, sorry, 36 years in which they're in Montreal. Really not a lot going from them from a playing standpoint, but this is how confident I am in what my how strong my next pick is, that I was able to throw in a defunct, bankrupt team playing baseball in Quebec as my second round pick and think I can still win a draft. So in a sense, the strength of this pick is not the pink it's, pick itself. It's the statement of confidence from me that the listeners are going to know. I basically just threw away my second round pick because I feel like I won the first round and I'm definitely going to win the third round. And from here, I move on to my third round pick, which Fans of the podcast have to be familiar with 
I don't even know once I say the name, I don't even know if I need to go much further because with the the seventh pick overall, the first pick of the third round, I am taking East LA College. Made famous by Last Chance U. Only team that we have drafted so far that has had a representative come on the podcast because we obviously had Coach Rob Robinson come on for an interview. I don't think I need to make a stronger argument as to why the two of you need to agree then that this is clearly the best pick of all nine that are going to be taken. I was trying to listen to the raw amount of filler before you actually gave us the select. Good Lord. <laughs> it was like it was like a real NFL draft yeah. where they do that 15-minute buildup for the first pick. <laughs> they just keep saying the first pick over and over. It is a good pick, and, and it didn't hit my radar. Well, one, because I have a terrible memory, but two, because the East part kind of throws me off. Official part of their name, though. Yeah, it is. They're That's definitely a good an pick. E. It is a good pick. It's better it than my be round, for sure. There we go. Well, so, yep. listeners. I mean, it, it it is a community college. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, <laughs> if you're bringing them up with, like, the Eagles <laughs> in a you... third round pick. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We had a Canadian. So far, this draft has included a Canadian football okay. team. Who like averages, thir- who averages team. as much attendance as Everton. Okay, so... Let's put it this way then. So, Eddie, your draft is, you know, a, a, a good NFL team, as you've put, a defunct team, and a community college. <laughs> okay, let me repick. Let me repick the defunct team. Okay, let me no, just throw. No, no, no. Could, no you, you can't tell you who. It, but after I've done, after yeah. we've done ours, because because you no, can't okay. take all of the picks. Do you think that? <laughs> no, do you think the Forty ers can just go in and and swap out Trey Lance with someone else now? Now that they have a terrible quarterback, no. Wouldn't want to. Other way around. Jags already called them. Hey, can we trade? We drafted the wrong TL. So, Frank, this is... A weird thing they would say. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you being so cryptic? I think, <laughs> like, I think they would just, just say quarterback. Just but... tell us what you mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm up. Third round. Eighth pick, eighth pick of the third round, second pick of the third round, eighth pick overall. Eddie, how many more times do I have to say that before I can make my selection? Go ahead. All right. I, as commissioner, I give you permission to make your pick. I'm taking Everton. Davina Del Mar out in Chile. <laughs> this I is a terrible that. pick. They're named after <laughs> Sam's first round pick. <laughs> This is a terrible pick. The club was founded in 1909 after a group of Anglo-Chilean teenagers formed a football club and named it after the shitty English team Everton. See, this is the reason why this is a terrible pick strategically, is it's impossible for you to argue the strength of this pick without simultaneously strengthening Sam's original pick. But I can say they're the better Everton. Oh, but we all know. Oh, my, we convince all me. Know. Convince yeah. me. Yeah, I will convince you. They're Chile's sixth most successful team. <laughs> they needed to be Boom. top two <laughs> for that to be in any way helpful to your cause. They need to be top negative one. They've won the national title four times. 
And they're the second most successful team outside of Santiago de Chile, which is the big city. Um, their nickname is the Ruleteros or the Roulette Players in English. So a little gambling on their side. And that's about all I've got. <laughs> it stops that. <laughs> I mean, clearly the listeners, the listeners get to weigh in on this. And if you want to express your opinion, you can, you know, mention us on any of the major social media platforms. You can look for the Big Chill Podcast on Twitter. You can look for the Big Chill Podcast on Instagram. I'll also do that other thing where I say, if you're enjoying the podcast, recommend it to a friend. It's the best way for us to continue to grow. But I think use any one of those various social media platforms to just go on and tell us why Frank lost this draft. Because it's I, very I haven't obvious. even had my pick yet. I don't know. Frank's who, lost at least my team <laughs> is still playing. At least my team is still playing. That's, I mean, that's debatable, but yeah, sure. Let's get my team together and your team together and they can play each other. You automatically forfeit. I, I tell you what. I'm automatically on my team, so that that's another great point. I'm I can be on the. Well, Xbox. unless the game is putting balls in holes, Eddie, <laughs> you lost. Undefeated. All right, I am surprised that this has been left off the block till the very end, and I think this wins me the draft. Can I guess? Yep. Is it your? Is it European? Yep. Is it German? No. No, because you no. Ah, see, Eintracht Frankfurt. There was a consideration, but it's Frankfurt. Eintracht. I know. Is it Italian? No. I am going for Real Club Deportivo Español de Barcelona. I am going for Espanol. What? It's Espanol. They are. They are. You never call them. The crappy team in Barcelona. They're the second best team in Barcelona. <laughs> in, in, in a city. No, no, no. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. In, uh, we'll, we'll bring in some facts about Espanol. So they're one of the founding members of La Liga. So, you know, I've gone for heritage in my e-draft here. Um, they've got the name Real in. So they were given the royal patronage from the crown. Um, you know, other clubs were, but Espanol, oh, I'm talking about here. UEFA Cup finalists twice. Um Interesting fact about them is that um, obviously the the Catalan independence movement and the history around Catalonia and places like that, the two clubs are seen as opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of that debate. So Barcelona are very much seen as the kind of pro-independence. A lot of people rally about them for pro-Catalan autonomy. But Espanyol are considered the anti that essentially they're considered more conforming with central authority and they're more in tune with the Spanish authorities. So that's why the Barcelona derby is an interesting one because they both come at it from very different perspectives on Catalan independence through their history. But um, I guess, so you know what, you know why Sam's lost this draft because he's bringing politics into sports and the people don't want politics in sports, Sam. <laughs> they just want sports to be sports. Sam. Um, what and <laughs> You know, one of the most famous players currently manages PSG in Pochettino and uh, managed them as well. So I think I've had a solid, solid draft. <laughs> a, they all play. <laughs> Two of them were founding members of their respective leagues. One of them is a dominant force in the rugby union at the moment. I'm throwing my hat up saying I got this one. Uh, Sam, just as a question, how many times have uh, Espanyol won La Liga? 
big fat zero. Okay. Because Everton Davinia so Del Mar has won four times. <laughs> same number of times that the Montreal Expos have won La Liga. But at least they're not bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, true. At least they survived. <laughs> I don't know. Based on the way Spanish football is going, <laughs> they may well be bankrupt. So, Everton, Espanyol, Exeter well, versus Eagles, defunct club, community college. Expos. <laughs> Guys, let's not. We've had. We can't. We can't make fun of it. I'm Great series of t- TV. Season two coming back. We're all excited. Look, which? How many? I mean, that's what you should you know, have led with. How many other of these have had their own television shows? Well, the Eagles have actually. For Hard Knocks, mm. was it Hard Knocks? Uh, no, I think they did one of those Amazon. Oh, okay. Uh, NFL uh, things. I think the Eagles were there too. Oh, what is it like? So, yeah. All or nothing. All or Good nothing. argument. I drafted the TV. You guys, what do you draft? A sport no one watches. Oh, I think a lot of Canadians would beg to differ, Eddie. The fact that you've <laughs> just gone for one country. But no, look. <laughs> says a lot. Who? Well, no, he just said a lot of Canadians would beg to differ about watching them. I was like, oh. the fact that you've got single country mentality there is a problem. <laughs> yeah, well... Anyway, viewers, viewers, listeners even, but if you're staring at your phone or your iPod while you listen to this, that's also possible. But uh, listeners can can get on and, and tell us who they think won. But I think Frank definitely lost. I think whenever I, we do this draft, it's sometimes I mean, you, hard to pick the clear winner. You picked the Montreal pick the Expos, and I picked a Canadian football team that quadrupled their attendance all the time. Yeah, It's not about quadrupled just every time. Every, every, every year. So they just exponentially they have got to like millions. <laughs> next game, they've got next game, they've got nine trillion people attending. The Expos would have like 75 people attend a game. Look, sometimes there's nothing wrong with something being a niche. You know, it's not all about. But they weren't the any popular. good. <laughs> they know? were literally just a team. That's like their qualification. We're a team. We'll put it to the public then, Frank. Well, if you're confident in your with picks, a really, we'll put it to the public. We'll, yeah, I'm not saying really I won cool or lost, but I'm saying that design. is the worst pick in the draft. That's an F. No, 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 no. You made the worst pick. Everton in Chile was the worst pick. <laughs> you weren't. You weren't but, even the best. Literally in a draft, you weren't even the best of team with exactly the same name in the same draft. They've won it four times. They've won the national. Imagine title. this. Four you times. Can imagine imagine doing this. Like Tom Brady, and then going. Now I've got Karen Brady <laughs> from like. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. It would be like if this year the Jags had taken Trevor Lawrence, and then in like the seventh round with the third to last pick, you know, the Cowboys had picked Trevor Lawrence, punter from Wyoming. <laughs> like that's that's basically what you've just done. And gone, hey man really pretty decent punter not amazing but he's okay and maybe for the seventh round it was clue. a quality pick yeah clues in the name right he's got to be good because someone else is good yeah true you know what the owner said wrong tl we drafted <laughs> yeah well, that's what they'll be saying 10 years from now heard it here first wrong tl did you see daniel craig said he is not giving his children any of an inheritance did you see that one I did see that, yeah. He says it's quite I always wonder what that means, though. I always wonder what that means. 
if he's literally giving them zero or is he doing what those billionaires do where they say, well, I'm giving away most of my fortune. However, technically, you know, my children are going to be obviously that not Daniel, Daniel Craig's level of wealth is not on that, but he could give each of his children a million pounds, which would still be tremendously disappointing if you were one of Daniel Craig's children, assuming he's invested wisely and kept his money right. But I would, you know, his net worth must be way above that. Yeah, I mean, like, he, well, I, I he didn't just really made twenty five million for the last bond. Yeah. So you got to figure he's got at least seventy million worth of all the bonds. You'd hope so. Yeah. But maybe he just goes to Monaco and tries to pull off the James Bond like Casino Royale scenes. <laughs> just twenty five million on black. He like Are you loses. sure? <laughs> and he's like, cut, cut. Can we do that scene again? Can we do that again? Yeah. Uh, it was sorry, Mister Craig. This is real life. Yeah. This is this is <laughs> yeah. like when he gets poisoned. But instead of going to his car, he just gets into an Uber. Like, could you get me to the hospital? <laughs> yeah. Or like playing a game of poker and he's just facing the other guy and like, when are you going to start crying blood so that I know you've got a good hand? Excuse me. <laughs> just a shock on the guy's face as someone asked him. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll uh, talk to you boys later. See ya. Okay.